0: Are we live? We are live. Hey Julie, hey Katie, Steven, Derek, Mitzi, Jolene. Uh, Hey Lila, what's going on? (laughs) Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Hey from Milwaukee. What's up? From Cape Creek. Cave Creek, they had a little rally there last night. Hey from the UK. Good morning. Good evening if you're in the UK, probably. Hey Tennessee. What's up? Let's see, Anna's on here and Andrea's on. And I know. Hey SoCal. I know Greg will be on and Pepper. All the usual suspects. Yeah, we're broadcasting only on Periscope today. Because, well, Facebook doesn't like us, YouTube doesn't like us, and even IBM doesn't like us. Hey, Butler, Pennsylvania. Butler, Pennsylvania had a massive Trump rally. That was so, so amazing. And Nevada and Milwaukee. Texas representing. Glad to see everybody here this morning. Glad to see uh, God's kids showing up. Hey, they're from the UK. Gilbert, Arizona. Good to see you, Plano, Texas, Utah, Spokane, and Illinois, and Dayton, Nevada. Hey, all right. So uh, it's been an interesting week. <laughs> it's been a very interesting week. Uh, it's been a roller coaster ride. I hope you uh, hope you had your seat belts fastened. Remember, keep your hands and feet inside the ride at all times until uh, we make America great again. Uh, if you haven't noticed, the mainstream media are on a, uh, something of a blitz. A psychological operations trying to uh, trying to discourage and demoralize us and try to convince us that Donald Trump lost the election. Uh, look we're under an all-out media blitz. The same corrupt dishonest media complex that tried for four years to convince us that uh, Trump was a Russian stooge is now trying to convince us that Sleepy Joe uh won the election from his basement. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not buying it. And we are gonna fight. Fighting for our president, we're fighting for our country, and we're fighting for the freedom of the world. Because as you can see around the world, uh these globalist shills are not going to stop until they get what they want, and uh we're gonna fight them all the way. We're gonna fight the lockdowns, we're gonna fight uh the great reset. And we are going to win our country and the world back for freedom. Uh, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> and if you're having issues with the mainstream media and their lies, turn them off. Don't listen to them. Just don't listen to them. Uh, listen to people that you trust. Listen to people who are going to give you the straight scoop and who are going to give you uh, reasons to hope and, and not just blowing sunshine up your skirt. <laughs> Look, I, I tend to be an optimist by nature, but I'm never going to tell you everything is okay and groovy if I don't think, if I don't have good reasons to think that everything is okay. Uh, I, I do my research, I do my homework, and uh, I, I tend to have a realistic view of things. And I think my realistic assessment is everything's going okay right now, despite what the mainstream media is telling us. So, that is my political commentary for today. I I may give you a little more political commentary after I'm done with my Supernatural Saturday message, which is, by the way, the reason why we're here. Uh, We're going through my book, one of my many books, Hearing God's Voice Made Simple. We're in chapter, I guess, 14 today, which is how God speaks through film. Uh, I I was an atheist most of my life. And I just didn't believe in God. And I, I didn't like Christians. I actually hated them, despised them. I mocked them, made fun of uh, Christians. Uh, I just thought they were gullible and stupid. <laughs> but, but, things change. Uh, strangely enough, in 1999, a film came out called The Matrix. And most of you have probably seen the film, The Matrix. If you haven't, you should watch it, at least the first one. The Matrix did a number on me. Uh, I, I, was, I was raised Catholic. And, uh, I mean, by the time I was 12 or 13, I just lost interest in religion altogether. But I was an altar boy. I knew all about you know, Catholic faith. I knew about the, the death and the resurrection of Jesus. I knew the story and I knew about John the Baptist and I knew the, the basic narrative of the New Testament and I watched the film The Matrix and even as an atheist I saw some interesting things in that film. First, there's obviously the battle between good and evil is portrayed pretty well in that film. Uh, Matrix actually won four Oscars. Uh, cinematography, Special effects. The Matrix is a well-written film. I'm a I'm a big-time critic of writing of screenplays. I hate films that are predictable or that have a trite, uh, not very impactful, not, uh, a message that isn't transformational. Let me give you an example. Uh, I watched a film, Contact. Jodie Foster and James Woods. It's a really good movie. Overall, it was a good film. The ending sucked. <laughs> I I hated the ending. It was it was a for the most part it was it was a fairly well written film. I mean Matthew Connie's character was pretty flat, uh, and his and not that believable. But James Woods really showed up and and, uh, and demonstrated his acting ability in that film. So did Joby Foster. The story was interesting. Actually somewhat uh, follows the, uh, if if you're familiar with uh, Project Looking Glass, well, that device that spins around that they use in the film Contact is somewhat similar to Project Looking Glass. And I will cover that in a future broadcast. I'm not going to talk too much about that. But the film contact for me, the the disappointment was the ending. The ending was was trite. It, it wasn't transformational, and to me it was disappointing. Now, uh, I I've written a novel, and I'm going to write uh, a lot more novels. I have a lot more books that I want to write, including the science fiction trilogy. And I plan to write some transformational science fiction. Transformational. I believe that literature should be transformational. When you get done reading a novel it should impact you. It should transform your way of thinking. That's what good film and good literature should do. Now, the film The Matrix, go back to that. The Matrix was a transformational film. It forever transformed the way our entire culture views uh, the way in which life is lived out on this planet. A lot of people looked at that plot line of, well, okay, human beings are essentially uh, batteries, <laughs> and this, this, uh, I guess you'd call it a cyber deep state, is using people for energy. For heat and electrical energy to keep their system going, it proposed the idea that mankind is essentially slaves, and that is a very—it's—it's uh, a, it's a very scary proposition if you propose it as a real situation, and if you take that that metaphor and apply it to what we're seeing today. It has a lot of practical application. Look, look at how in the last couple of days, all these governors are demanding uh, lockdowns, further lockdowns. They're going to destroy your businesses. They're going to mandate masks. They want to mandate vaccinations. They want to keep us as slaves. And they expect us to follow their mandates like sheep they want to control us. And that that the film the matrix really I think was a it was a high watermark that showed society what is really happening behind the scenes, not not literally, but metaphorically. It ex- it, it it explained in il- illustration how the world really is has been held captive to a handful of very evil people. So, as I was watching that film The Matrix, I saw the portrayal of Morpheus and Neo. Now Morpheus was a prophet who knew a deliverer was coming, and Neo was the appointed person who in time would come into The Matrix and destroy it. And I looked at those two and I thought, you know, Kind of like John the Baptist in Jesus. <laughs> like John the Baptist was a prophet. He knew, he was told that a Redeemer was coming, who was going to free mankind from the grip of Satan. And I, and I just knew that. I was, I'm an atheist, and I'm watching this movie, and I'm thinking, wow, that's pretty interesting, how they, you know, the little juxtaposition there. There was a lot of, um, a lot of that storyline that followed, the biblical narrative, and it's just good story good storytelling. Good, the film was good from a you know production standpoint, but it's just good storytelling, and I really enjoyed that movie. And a year later, after watching The Matrix, I became a Christian. And I look back and I think you know that film really impacted my worldview, and probably nudged me in the direction of becoming a Christian a little bit. I didn't think about it until. 10 years later, when I look back, I realize that that God used the film The Matrix to speak to me, to illustrate real concepts that I had not thought about. And that's one way that God uses film to speak to us. Uh, there are a lot of people who have watched you know various films over their lifetime, and those films have transformed their way of thinking, transformed their view of themselves and the view of the world. Another film that of changed my way of thinking was American Sniper so when I moved down here uh, to well, Arizona I, I was working for an ambulance service and then I changed I worked for another company this was 2013 I think uh, 2014 and uh, I had a dream where me and everybody that I worked for this ambulance service We were able to go into theaters and watch movies for free. We had this as a a benefit that they gave us at working for this company was that we could go into movie theaters and and see films for free while we were on duty. And uh, a strange thing happened a couple of, about a month or two after I had that dream. I was over in the West Valley uh, in Goodyear, hanging out, we were just, it was a slow day, there wasn't any calls, and we are hanging out at this mall and there's a theater there. So one of my uh, EMT buddies goes into the theater and asks if we could watch uh, a movie while we're on duty. And they said, yeah, sure, come on in. So he came in, we watched uh, American Sniper, and I had to see it for free. And as I'm watching the film, American Sniper, I'm, I'm seeing the, the film is essentially broken up into four tours that Chris Kyle uh, spent over in the sandbox. And as I'm watching this film, God is bringing back to my memory all these dreams that I had over the last, over the previous 10 years. Oh, probably, not 10 years, probably since 2008. So, about eight, uh, seven years. Anyway, I'm having all these dreams. They're coming back to me. And as I'm watching Chris Kyle go through all these. Um, various problems and trials in his life and situations. These dreams are coming back to me and God is pointing out in each scene of the film how a dream that I had portrayed uh... spiritual warfare. Basically what I got out of the film American Sniper was that in the same way that special forces operate at a very high level of proficiency in, in actual military warfare. God was showing me that Christians are supposed to act in a similar way to Navy SEALs or any other special forces. Allegorically, again, uh, I, I saw these dreams that I had of, of, of military conflict and combat. I'd, back in 2010, I had a dream where uh, I joined a, 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 mili- a group of military people. And we were all in uniforms. I was walking down this road, and I just kind of came into this group of soldiers. And I, all of a sudden, boom, I had on a soldier's uniform. And we went into a building, and we were talking and planning and strategizing. And outside, I could see a bunch of... There was other soldiers, a group of them. They were doing a, kind of a military... Um, it was like a Broadway production of a song called M1. And there was all these people dancing, rifles, doing all this uh, crazy stuff. And I've had a lot of dreams over the years where I saw myself as a soldier and I saw um, military themes and in this film, American Sniper, God just basically unraveled all these dreams and showed me that uh, the life of a soldier in the military is very similar to the life of a Christian spiritual warfare. So I actually wrote a book and it's only available on Kindle. and It's called American Sniper uh, and, and it, it talks about... I, 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 the book is broken into four sections, the four tours that Chris Kyle did and then I weave into there the dreams that I had where God illustrated aspects of spiritual warfare. Uh, we are in a war. Um, C.S. Lewis said that the life of the Christian is uh, essentially living as a soldier trapped behind enemy lines. <laughs> That's true. We are in a battle. We are in a non-stop battle against the, the kingdom of darkness. It never stops. Uh, we, are, we, are either, we are either victors and conquerors in this battle, or we're victims. And it's all about the battle that's going on in that six inches inside of your mind. Uh, You know, the enemy uses fear. Fear is one of the enemy's greatest weapons. It is a weapon. Fear is a weapon. Fear is a weapon that the enemy uses against us. And what is the opposite of fear? It's faith. It's faith. You either believe that God is working in this world, to bring about his own purpose, his own will, or you don't believe that God is working in this world to bring about his purpose and his will. And if you believe, not just mentally, but if you believe spiritually, in your heart of hearts, that God is active and working out his plan for good, uh, that is a that is probably the greatest weapon that we have against the weapons of the enemy. It is absolute, solid, unwavering, unshaking conviction that God is working out His plan. It's not simply saying on Twitter uh, God is in control. That's that's not really the idea. because Because God really isn't in control. He's not. Uh, it, it, and here's why I say that. Jesus said that all authority under heaven and earth has been given to me. Okay, so the Father delegated authority to His Son. And Jesus then told His disciples. I give you authority and power over all the forces of the enemy. So, when people say God is in control, I think that is a—it's a reflex reaction. People just kind of blurt out because they don't want to face the reality that there is a battle ongoing and that we have to fight. If God was in control, we wouldn't have to fight. We could just sit back, drink our lemonade. Have our coffee and God would just would God would control and manipulate everybody and everything would work out fine exactly the way He wants to. But God does not negate free will. We all have free will. I'm able to do whatever I want, and so are Antifa. God is not controlling Antifa. They can do whatever they want. And Al-Qaeda can do whatever they want. There is it's it's when people say God is in control. I don't like that phrase. I don't I don't I don't even really like the, the the phrase trust the plan. I mean I know Q says trust the plan, and I know people say God's in control. But what that does is that lulls you into it can lull you into a sense of complacency. Where you feel like you don't have to do anything. Oh, I can just sit back. God's going to take care of it all. Trust the plan. Don't have to do anything. Don't have to battle the narrative on social media. I don't have to work to uh, <clears throat> convince people of the truth. Just yeah, trust the plan. God's in control. It's all good. Well, like I said, I personally don't like those phrases because it it sends the message that we, we don't have to do anything. And we do have to be engaged. This is a war. We are engaged in a battle. We need to fight every day. If President Trump is going to be successful in his bid to stay in the White House and to drain the swamp and to defeat darkness. It is going to require us to help him. (laughs) We don't get to sit back and do nothing. We need to be engaged on the field of battle, on social media, with our friends and family. We need to be fighting every single day. I think when Q says, trust the plan, he's simply saying, look, there are good people that are in positions of power, and they have a plan, and they're working out that plan. But that plan largely involves motivating us to be active, to do our own research, to think for ourselves and trust ourselves, and be on social media to combat the fake narrative of the media. <clears throat> So, in a sense, trust the plan means trust yourself. It means, oh, looks like uh, Nate Kane just went live. (laughs) Uh, And when, when people say God is in control, just remember, you have free will. And if we do not exercise our free will and fight the good fight and battle every day on social media and in love and patience, Talk to our friends and relatives and help them see the truth. Then the enemy wins. The enemy is going to win if we don't do our part. We have as much responsibility as anyone. Uh, God is in control, but he left us in charge. (laughs) Trust the plan, but also trust yourself. They're not mutually exclusive. All right. Uh, Hang on. Let me get my glasses on here and see if... If any questions I can answer? All right. Hey Greg, what's going on, man? <laughs> I can see. All right. I think I have uh I think I've exhausted. I don't want to beat a dead horse. I usually have a 20-minute message, and I don't want to go 21 minutes if I only have 20 minutes of a message. So, I know you've got things to do this weekend. I certainly have things to do. Uh, just want to let you know that all of your prayers over the last couple of weeks have really helped us. It has been stressful. I have not slept very well. Uh, but I'm very encouraged, and a lot of the encouragement I get comes from your positive messages on social media and your prayers. I wouldn't be in this good of a frame of mind if it wasn't for your prayers. Same for Denise. We need you to keep praying for us. We'll keep leading to the best of our ability, but we need you to keep us in prayer. All right, that is my message for today. Love you all. Take care. I'll catch you on the next broadcast.